was reading the list of things that you've done in your community, and I have to applaud you. You've put together a food bank uh, in Willowdale last year, served seniors and the, vul- and the vulnerable during COVID. Uh, you've been doing uh, community work for years before running for council. Let's talk about We Love Willowdale, a movement that came out of the tragic van attack in 2018 that killed 10 people. Talk to me about how the community really rallied around each other to to heal through such a horrible, horrible event. Well, if you uh, ask anyone who lives in Willowdale and who was there during that time, everyone can tell you that day, that moment when we heard the bad news and the fear that took over, especially in that window when we didn't know who the perpetrator was or where he was. Uh, And as that journey unfolded, it became clear that we needed to rally together because we were all in shock. Um, I think most of us thought these things happen south of the border. We couldn't imagine that it happened right on the street that we walk on every day. And uh, for me, you know, I had been sitting on Young Street eating with my partner Uh, 20 minutes before the driver barreled down the street. So it really was something that shook us. And and we knew that that trauma would need healing. So the neighborhood came together. And I think something beautiful happened in the midst of that tragedy, which is we started to see beyond our differences, started to connect. Willowdale has grown really quickly in the last decade. And because of all these new towers, you have a lot of people who live here who actually don't know their neighbors. And we also have a a high percentage of newly arrived immigrants. And so there's also culture and language barriers. But after the attack, uh, you would go to the memorials and you would see neighbors checking in on neighbors and, and across culture and language barriers. So Uh, It really actually was that movement um, that inspired me to run for council the first time uh, eight years ago, because I saw the power of people coming together. And I thought, well, this is actually what we need for democracy. We need to all come together to make a difference. I think for too long, we... We kind of view politics as spectator sport. We, We read the news, we get angry, we get frustrated. And we forget that actually we play a part in the story and we all have to contribute to shape our community. So um, it's kind of ignited me from that moment till now. uh, And I hope that I keep that momentum going, that we stay connected and hopefully build the infrastructure that allows more people to participate. I love that. And I, I, I absolutely agree with you. You know, first of all, it's it's fascinating to see how human beings rally together in the midst of really hard, tragic incidents. And uh, and we see that time and time again, how, you know, close knit community almost forms out of trying times. But I also find, you know, we spoke to Mary Margaret McMahon yesterday and uh, she was a city councillor, now liberal MPP. And similar to you, Lily, you know, was a community uh, organizer and uh, and just saw the need. And I always find this fascinating because there are many of us who will see the need 
and say, you know, those people at City Hall, they need to do something. But rarely do we say, okay, I'm going to run to be one of those people at uh, at City Hall, and I'm going to be a part of the change. You alluded to it. You ran for council in 2018, but after the incumbent endorsed you, he decided to run again. But in 2022, you ran. Um, talk to me about what you have seen. I mean, again, you were just elected, but um, what what kind of captivates you or excites you about being able to represent your community and being a voice, first of all, female voice, a, a voice of diversity as well in ethnicity um, at the table? Well, that that really captures it. The fact that I'm a racialized woman and it's so exciting because there's a group of us. So um, there's seven new counselors uh, this year. I think that's a probably one of the largest cohorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have this tremendous opportunity to work together. And I think, uh, you know, although we sometimes don't agree on things, we agree that we should collaborate. And not just on the policy pieces, but even on very um, perhaps mundane pieces like office infrastructure. We're planning on having a meeting in March to compare our office processes and share best practices. So uh, it's a chance that we can work with each other and bring something different. I think one thing when I entered City Hall that was surprising to me is how siloed everyone operates. Um, You know, if you think about a, a corporation, if you were a department head, uh, you would probably participate in stra- strategy meetings where you come up with goals together, think about sharing what you're learning from your different areas of expertise. But counselors, you know, I, by law, were actually not allowed to gather and form quorum outside of public purview because um, the fear is that we'll make decisions without public oversight. Mm. But to me, there seems to be a missing piece there, right? We, we, we're not allowed to have a meeting with a whiteboard and dream dreams together. Instead, we have to gather in small, smaller group conversations, but that can sometimes result in uh, a measure of perhaps secrecy or uh, a lack of connectivity and transparency. You are um, a part of city council at a very crucial time in our city. Our mayor has resigned after an inappropriate relationship with a former staffer. What, in your minds, Lily, does this city need in a leader to be able to move the city forward in the way it needs to go? I'm, I'm talking about infrastructure and the, the deep need to fix that. I'm thinking about you know, the needs of, of homelessness, uh, those who are street involved. I'm thinking about the TTC. The list can go on and on and on violence yeah. as well. What, yeah. what does the city need moving forward when it comes to the next mayor? Well, I think the first thing we need is vision. We need a big vision that can tie all of those pieces together. Uh, in the past, it feels like, you know, the last budget meeting, we're fighting over really a small amount of money uh, on the budget because the big budget was already decided through the mayor's budget. Mm. So uh, we need a bigger vision of how our city is funded. 
uh, and how it can be sustainable. It It's shocking to me that we have a $9.5 billion state of good repair backlog. Mm. And to me, that means we're, we're taking a loan out of the future of the city. And the thing about state of good repair is it doesn't just stay still as a a financial cost, it grows exponentially. When you don't fix that pothole today, by the time you get around to it, the hole is bigger and the cost of labor is more. So uh, it's really concerning to me that we call this budget balanced, but yet we're actually accruing this huge growing cost of how we can maintain, excuse me, our city. And, And really, I think I and many of us believe that The city of Toronto is and can be even in a greater measure a world-class city where I think the fourth largest city in North America, we're the fastest growing city. There's tremendous opportunity for us to shape something visionary. And so, you know, I would love to see us incorporate more technology in our infrastructure to invite more civic engagement. And to some degree, I think there would be uh, a benefit if we decentralize some decision-making because of how huge Toronto is and how diverse we are. Sometimes the model that we currently have where a lot of decision-making happens from the downtown and then kind of trickles out to the suburbs, it would be great to see more autonomy for the different areas to to make decisions because one policy doesn't necessarily apply unilaterally. I think every context has its nuances and and we need to be more flexible and agile. Lily, I know that you're really passionate about voter engagement. We saw in the last election, low voter turnout, only 29% of eligible voters came out, uh, a significant decline from the 2018 election, which saw 41% turnout. Why do you think that is, and how do we change this? Well, I think there's uh, two primary reasons. For the last election, first of all, uh, we didn't really have a mayoral race. Once John Tory announced that he was running again, people kind of just tuned out. Um, The second reason is more complex. Uh, It's because people don't really understand how governments can actually impact their lives or how they can impact government. Uh, I I really feel like there's a lack of trust between government and the people. So uh, a great example is with regard to homeless shelters. So right now, um, you know, there was a policy that was passed where uh, the SSHA, which is a department in the city that decides where shelters are placed, They don't need to go through council to choose locations. And and that, you know, expedites things. We've all heard of the term nimbyism. No one wants it in their backyard. And so it's more efficient, especially because it's a crisis situation. But because of that, uh, people who then end up having shelters in their communities often feel like their voices are not heard and, and and so then they have to deal with some of the repercussions of the locations of where these shelters are placed. And I think that there is an opportunity where we can trust our people, given the opportunity to, to approach the neighborhood and say, hey, we have a, a homeless crisis right now. What can we as a community do? 
and come up with our own community-based solutions that engage local agencies, faith organizations, I think we would get a more sustainable and welcome solution. So at this moment, city doesn't trust that neighborhoods want to be part of a solution, and the community doesn't trust that the city has a good solution. But we can really change it by engaging our community to be part of the solution. And and I will be doing that later this year. Uh, I'm part of my platform when I ran was starting a poverty alleviation roundtable in Willowdale. And that is one of the questions that we will bring to the table. What can we as a community bring uh, in terms of solutions to helping solve these problems? I think that's a great point, Lily, and I, I think you're right. I think there is a lack of trust. I think there are many, many of us who, you know, there's apathy. There's this feeling of like, you know, does my voice actually count? Does it matter? Um, and on top of it, we're looking at a by-election in the middle of June. And uh, and so the concern is, you know, we're looking at a, a summer election or by-election, the largest potentially in Canada. Um while your suggestions and your ideas are great, they're, that's not going to change come June. And so right, how do right. we get that excitement up so that people do feel that they can be engaged? You're right. I mean, John Tory's not going to be on the ticket, so you might see an uptick. But I think I think the, the lack of trust is a real concern. Well, I, I really think we need to be wide awake for these elections because whoever is elected will have strong mayoral powers. Mm-hmm. And that will have a significant impact on our city. So we definitely want to be part of these conversations. I am hoping for visionary platforms. Um, Unlike, you know, past elections, this is a real chance for new ideas to come to the forefront. And I think we can all agree that the status quo is not working. And one important issue that we really, you know, what I would like to see in, in the platforms is, how can the city of Toronto become a sustainable city? Because we have huge funding gaps. The TTC, you know, we're, we're really reliant on the fare box, unlike a lot of major cities in North America. And, and with the decreased ridership after COVID, it's a huge hole in our budget. And how are we going to get other funding sources? How can we address the $9.5 billion state of good repair backlog? And how can we fund those critical services for poverty alleviation. We, we don't want just want to put out fires. We want to prevent fires. And, and we need a bigger vision of how we can prevent people from becoming homeless, prevent young people from joining gangs and, and going into drug trafficking. These are happening in our midst every day because we don't have really good solutions. We don't have visionary investment in these areas. Absolutely. Lily, I think you need to run for mayor. And I, <laughs> I know you're new, maybe give it a couple of years. But uh, I love what you're saying. And I love the ideas that you're bringing forward and, and your excitement for this city. And so, you know, hearing your response to some of the questions I've thrown out to you is, is just, I think, for our listeners as well, is, hope, is hopeful that um, our city has uh, young blood, uh, at City Hall that are throwing out some new ideas and new ways that Torontonians can engage 